Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 321 of Live Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Adler Weiss, that's Ben Moss Woodward. Don't mind me, I'm just banging the bot in the background. Mm-hmm. We have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. Um, by the way, I'm looking at the stream, and thankfully we are teletubulous this week. Oh, that, that's a relief. Don't remind him. This is a good thing. Thankfully not. Um, and <laughs> we also have our Deputy Trade Attaché, Commander Souverain. What up? <laughs> and we also have on tech today, we have Commander Ventura. Hello. Hello. So, um, if you wish, uh, Ben, are we live anywhere in the universe? Sorry, galaxy, not the universe. Oh, uh, the, the, the galaxy is a part of the universe, and I am currently lurking outside a live station. Okay, so there we have. Um, there is yeah. no, there's no Ben Bounty tonight. So, um, so any any kills you do do are are purely for your own pleasure. We sanctioned them. Ben, but we're not funding them. Uh, yes, I, I just can't believe I just said doo doo live on air. <laughs> but never mind. If you I can't can't get... believe I missed it. <laughs> as, um, as I said, I'm busy bagging the bot and try saying that 10 times fast. But if you can't get to Leave Station to blow up Ben, you can also join us in our Twitch chat channel uh, and on Facebook and on YouTube which you can access through laveradio.com slash live, click on the live chat, or you could just go straight to Twitch at twitch.tv slash laveradio. So um, we've got a lot to get through uh, this week, gentlemen. So if you don't mind, we'd like to be very quick about what we've been up to this week. So, Ben? I've been playing Elite, playing Star Citizen, playing Star Wars Squadron, and begging bots. There you go. Excellent. Right. Souverine. Uh, I was, I've been putting the band back together. Uh, in the late 70s, I was, uh, I was part of a really good rhythm and blues band from, um, in Chicago. And uh, we were so good, we could turn goat piss into gasoline. Uh, and, uh, but we all, we all sort of, um, we, we kind of, we didn't fall out exactly, but there was a bit of bad blood and there's a few incidents. And, um, and we all sort of went our separate ways. And I spent uh, most of the last week rounding them all up, uh, impromptu, um, falling into impromptu singing sessions in the street occasionally, um, which was uh, a bit odd, but uh, but quite fun. Um, and uh, and yeah, doing doing gigs. Um, and, Are you doing and- one of these things where you basically you go and you know how you get uh, pianos in in train stations at random places, and you just basically lurk around the piano and start doing a gig. <laughs> a bit like that, quite a lot like that. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've seen things like that. It's quite it's kind of fun actually. Mm. It has been it has been really really good fun. But um, but now I'm back. I'm, I'm getting a bit worried about Sue's Walter Mitty syndrome. <laughs> he is Baron Munchausen, isn't he? he? It's getting that way, yes. Bull, he's full of it. 
Right. Um, Shan, what have you been up to this week? Uh, Gaming-wise, um, mm-hmm. in Elite, I've been doing some bounty hunting. Went off to um, the CG place to collect my CG reward. And uh, the rest of gaming time has been spent in Night City. Um, in real life, uh, I've had a fairly quiet week this week. This week, really. Um, Elvis, Elvis Mini Shan, however, uh, went to the local gym, and as part of the Movember charity thing he's been doing, he uh, rode the equivalent of the length of the Thames. Oh, right. So that's. 126. It's quite quite a way anyway. It's not just the London bit. It's the whole length of the Thames. The length of the Thames, which is is a longer river than you'd expect. I thought you said. Uh, I, I thought you meant um, the width of the Thames for a moment there, and I was like, oh, that's rubbish. Mini Shans are crap. <laughs> it's uh, 215 miles or 346 kilometers. Impressive. Wow. Mm. Was he bugling while he did it? No, that, that's the youngest Mini Shan. Sorry, I, I, I lose track. <laughs> you lose track. Well, of the you can't count, you can't count more than two. The, 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 they're like the minions, you know. If you look closely, there are there are, well, they are like they, they've got slightly different faces and they're wearing slightly different uniforms. But if you just at a casual glance, they kind of all look the same. <laughs> no, at all. And yes, they are, they are like minions. They, they are my minions. <laughs> I, I, I trend them to be my minions. However, they're getting a bit rebellious now and want and want exotic things like food and um, <laughs> banana. I, I get the, the feeling that uh, Shan's parenting style is very much how he manages the <laughs> his NPC crewman. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly that. Exactly that. <laughs> I, I, think was, I think he's. I think there's a bit of Darwinism at, at uh, in play at the Shan. You have been been ejected from the Shan household. Mini Shan was not the imposter. They take 5% of my income. (laughs) Eject. They take more than that. (laughs) Well, um, well, let's see. What have I been up to this week? Um, I finally got my bike back. So I'm, I'm, now cycling to work and back, so I'm in a lot of pain tonight, so please don't wind me up. <laughs> did, they, um, did they refit the stabilizers? Uh, you keep uh, falling off your bike. So I was wondering if you had stabilizers fitted. I have been knocked off my bike by someone in a car once. I'm falling off it. Jeez. Can you give us a COVID update, Colin? How the, how the devil is the Rona treating you? Um, well, I've kicked it. Um, it's taken four weeks to breathe properly, put it this way. Um, so uh, it's now, I'm now back to normal, apart from the fact that I, in the last six weeks or something, I think I've put a stone and a half on. So um, I've now got a lot, a lot of, um, yes, any, to get rid of. <laughs> and, and, and any plans on going to London to make sure you catch this new variant? And so, um, um, no, I'll, I'll leave that up to you, Shan. You can you can catch the new variant and let us know how you manage with it. So that's I, really good. I mean, that's <laughs> of you, Colin. <laughs> no, I said I'd let you catch it. It's up to you whether or not you want to catch it. You can lead a Shan to London, <laughs> but you well, can't make him catch diseases. <laughs> oh dear. Right, and as far as elites concerned, 
Um, yeah, I've managed to get my... I've decided my main character or my main commander is going to go around all the engineers and max out all the engineers. Then I've got a cunning plan to try and help the uh, Dark Wheel initiative. Uh, and then after that, uh, the other commanders have been doing power play. Uh, and my epic commander, which I have decided to call the uh, Whale Oil Beef Hooked. Um, so if you see that commander flying around on a sidewinder, feel free to blow them up. <laughs> no saying faster in an Irish accent. I'm not saying that people can work it out. Um, when you say all the engineers, are you including the colonial ones as well? Well, no, because I don't need the colonial ones. Especially. Oh, you do. No, it's I know a certain engineer who will be missing you. <laughs> as long as he misses me, I'm fine. This <laughs> is an engineer in Colonia. That's the only place I believe you where you can get um, rank five lightweight um, sensors. I think it's not sensors; it's something else. It's life support. I think. Oh, I, I don't need a lot. I yeah, don't no, need that's super, that super essential upgrade. Well, it does shave. It does shave half a light year off the. Um, Life support. Yeah, look if you're out near, if you're heading out towards Colonia and the life support goes, I'm sorry, it doesn't matter how lightweight it is, you ain't gonna make it to Colonia. Hey, if you are same difference to that, Colin. Someone may get to Beagle Point and back with his window blown out. How yeah, that, that's astonishing. That is absolutely astonishing. Uh, loads and loads of um uh life support synthesis gubbins. Yeah, in theory, what you could do is you could land on the planet because your life support does counter stops, doesn't it, when you leave your ship? So you've then got enough time to collect another full set of materials again to keep you on your journey. So you would you would you would get a certain amount, use it, jumping without uh, life support, and then go around for as long as you like, and then refresh it. So that's Precisely that. Yeah. I, w- I, w- I will just take uh, the winter mute for a second. I think there's going to have to be a new live radio drinking rule that whenever I say the word wheel, you have to take uh, a double shot. How does that sound? A double shot at you. Sounds dangerous. <laughs> I think we should. I think every time. I think every time. <laughs> Why don't we just say that every time. Colin pronounces wheel in a, in a in a pleasing fashion. Everybody takes a big hit of fentanyl. I'm scared. I don't even know what fentanyl is. Never mind. Basically, yeah. uh, oh, this was supposed to be short this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the rate this is going, I think I fancy some rohypnol. Now, anyway, <laughs> moving on. Ben. <laughs> right. Now, the development news that has been happening this week. Now, we have an awful lot to get through. Um, well, first off, um, for those of you who are interested in, in discussions about Galnet and community goals, goals rather, there was a um, interview with uh, community manager, uh, the manager, Arthur Tolmy, uh, on the Burr Pit uh, this week. Did anybody manage to catch that? It's a half an hour long video or interview, rather. Sadly not. Yes, I did. Yes, it was great. But there was... It was a great interview. It was a fun interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, watch but, it, but no, it wasn't an info drop. No, right. Nothing juicy? So, yeah. No, but I think we've got plenty of juice yeah. to come. Um, but not just yet, because there was uh, Ask Me Anything 3, Revenge of the Glyph, to which um, I think it can be generally said that um, 
This one was a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah, if if it was a Revenge of the Glyph, I'd say it was more like Attack of the Clones. No, not Attack. Oh, it was more Episode One. What was that one called? Phantom Menace. You mean? Yeah. No, no, it's got to be Last Jedi. Oh, that's, that's... oh, oh, which episode eight? What was that one again? Yeah, that's the last Jedi. Jedi. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll give you that one. Yeah, I mean, it, it was um, just a bit sad and depressing and throwing your lightsaber out the window. <laughs> it did yeah. feel that way. Um, for, there yeah. was no info drops. There was just a lot of feedback. There was a, there was a couple of little bits and bats, but no, no meat. Mm, yeah. I mean, it does raise the question: Do you? Th- I mean, we do appreciate the "ask me anything"s that they they actually turn up because it shows that they're we're getting a lot more community engagement than we have. But do you find these "ask me anything"s actually useful? Anyone? No. Uh, I, no. no I, I, I think it's a I think it's a flawed concept, really. Like a that they're not that they're not allowed. That the, the, everybody knows. We can all list the top five or ten questions that people want mm-hmm. to know, that those are not being answered. The only reason that they're burning questions is because, they won't be, because they're not answering them. Yeah. Everything else is a variation of what's your inside leg, what's your cat's name. Nobody cares. It's not, it, it, you know, it, I, 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 I applaud them for doing it. And I think that they're, um, and I love Arthur's attitude of, you know, more engagement is good. But, um, but really, I don't think, I don't, A, I don't think they're the right people to do it because they can't actually tell us anything and material yeah. and uh, and and b it, it's it's sort of a, a slightly the responses that they are obliged to give slightly make the whole thing seem a bit farcical um so i, I don't want to be too negative because I, I i don't want to i don't want to um uh, sort of piss on their enthusiasm or dissuade them from doing similar things in the future and i absolutely applaud them for doing this but i, I think possibly that it's the wrong that they're the wrong pmat sorry they're the wrong people this is the wrong format and it's the wrong it, it's just not the right. It's just not the right situation. I, just, I, I love the, the conjunction of people and format to PMAT. I think that works. <laughs> they the are the wrong though, PMAT. Think, the thing is, though, I think that's true of any gaming AMA. It's more like ask me any, anything I'm prepared to give a stock answer for. A, well, any, no. AMA, any AMA or never ha- never answers the question that the person really wanted to have answered. It's always a version of what the developers think they can get away with and give as little information as they're allowed. Um, I agree, yeah. but they haven't always been that they haven't been always been this impoverished in information. Like sometimes I mean David Braben did one and it was fascinating. You can give you can give extra context to information well, people already have. No you can give insights. I I don't even think it's that. I I, I just I, I think that they're it's the wrong you know e, e, even it, like even if they did it immediately after Odyssey it would be better because much less would be embargoed and they could go into the to, to the details behind some of the decisions I don't, I, don't, I, I, I do just think it's a it's a it's a confluence of of them not being empowered to give the information it coming just before they're allowed to talk about it all um, yada yada yada. I, 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 don't, I don't think the problem with, is with AMAs in general. I just think it's the wrong format at this time for what they're trying to yeah. do. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, Elite Weeks Kaizen has has come up with a suggestion, and Ben, you've got something similar as well, haven't you? Yeah, um, Kai on his show was saying basically having it open for a few days and then let the devs answer it, and I completely and utterly agree with that. Um, Give you know, I would say something along the lines of, have the have the thread open from Thursday to Monday, say, 
and then they've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to collate, get the answers, get the get real answers from the developers, and then post it on th- post it on Wednesday. Start a new thread on Thursday. Rinse and repeat. That's a really good point. That's a really, really um, good question. So somebody made the very, very good observation that the only things that were being answered properly were actually suggestions couched as questions, yeah. which is ab- absolutely correct. The, you know, the one that I asked a couple of weeks ago about the the, the wing beacon that was answered, uh, that that was answered. I mean, mine was a suggestion couched as a question. It was why the hell don't you change the way this is implemented? And 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 they did exactly what. What a, how a suggestion should be dealt with, which is we'll take this to the devs. So, yeah, absolutely, totally agree with that. Um, right. Okay, then. Um, well, presently, um, if, unless you've been hidden under a rock, there are free arcs to be had just by logging into the game. Yeah, they did this last year, which is the 12 days of Christmas, where each day you will get a varying amount of arcs, probably larger amounts towards Christmas itself. Uh, so if you log, I just had to spend um, at least 10 minutes each day going into each of my accounts just to make sure I get all my arcs. Um, I'm glad this is back. What about you guys? I'm glad it's back, but I'm also bollocks. I'm not going to be able to get the last couple of days because I ain't going to be here. Whatever. I think it's cool. I think it's really good. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I like it. I like it when they mark various times in the year with... Um, with stuff in game, it should happen more often. Okay, well, um, on to our first bit of really good news. After almost 90 days, uh, they now have announced that the Pulse Wave Analyzer bug, so for all those miners who've had um, trouble spotting gluing asteroids, uh, a fix will go live on Wednesday the 16th at 11 UTC. It's going to need about 15 minutes of downtime, and I suspect probably a client-side patch. They haven't said exactly what will be entailed, but uh, the fix is on the way. Now, this is this has taken months to resolve, and uh, they've they have said um, it is a direct response. Uh, at one of the reasons it's taken so long is because of the working practices they've got to do with COVID. Um, <laughs> If it is a network problem, that's understandable because basically network bugs are probably the hardest ones to track down. See Thargoid Heart. <clears throat> but um, yeah, good news if you like your mining. And we also have the anniversary stream announcement. Well, now this is the big stream on this Thursday. And for all of you who are putting exclamation marks in, in the chat room, Exclamation mark wheel to um, they are doing the twitch drops yet again uh, for this particular stream now it's going to be a long stream um, it's uh, is it starting at midday it is yes so for those who those those who have to work then you should have some time afterwards I think I think but this isn't that 24 hour uh, charity stream is it no, it's not. This is this is the so, they did something similar to this last year, because it wasn't the charity stream. They did a a, a long um, afternoon long stream last year, which they discussed. So we've had no news on the twenty four hour stream. Mm. So if you want a Christmas stream, I guess this is the one you go to. Yeah, um, they've also said that during this stream they will be joined by the special guests. Uh, uh, Gareth Hughes from the development team, who will discuss 
Everything combat an elite dangerous odyssey. Now, I'm assuming that this means ground combat. I, mean, I, I think it's going to mean combined, to be honest. And I also oh. think it means we're going to get a, de- a developer diary. Definitely before then, possibly even as early as tomorrow. You don't think they'll actually show the dev diaries part of the stream? Might be one of their unique points. Is, is they the dev they might, but usually... Well, in the past they've done it. Here's the diary, get excited, mm-hmm. talk about it with us after. But you're right, they might go and just do it, put the, put it on and have the stream on, and then a couple of hours later have Gareth come along. Yeah. They also maybe have the irrelevant developer come on stream and do a streamed version of the dev diary, and then after the stream is finished, they then put it out as a, a mail blast to everyone. They might. Yeah. I, I, I just think it's going to be before. I really do. Uh, and I would not I, be surprised if it's tomorrow. I swear, I'm going to take my broken bike wheel, I am going to paint it black, and I'm going to send it to Kai for his dark <laughs> wheel. I've had enough of this. <laughs> there, have your bloody dark wheel. Anyway, sorry, he's he's, it's in the chat. It's in the chat. To be honest, Colin, I think we can do that. I think that would be really quite funny. We can time him out. We can time Kai out in the chat. He's irritating, Colin. We can we can kick Kai from the chat. That's not a problem. I am not asking you to kick Kai. I'm going to be sending him a dark wheel. He's he's our he's our elective producer. So we can't eject him from the airlock. No, with or without a spacesuit. Out, Shan. Do you even have guest space spacesuits on your ships? Well, I have bits of guest spacesuits. <laughs> <laughs> He's got recycled ones. He just scoops out what was left of A decompression. Inside a spacesuit is awfully messy, and it takes several washes to get stains out. So they are a bit damp on the inside. Well, bits of um, gore and spleen and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that light in the, in the Mandalorian on Friday. Uh, actually, there was a. Um, it reminds me of Mythbusters ages ago, where they uh, there was a rumor that people's heads exploded or have exploded inside diving suits. Um, if the air was suddenly, if the hose was kinked when you're in the diving, yeah. then the reduction in pressure would cause the person's head to explode and whatever inside the diving seat. So they got one of their ballistic gel heads and skeletons and put it in the diving seat and did that. And yes, it did cause the everything to explode and become a gooey mush inside oh, the diving. God. It was pretty gross, actually. Oh, I. I... Oh, that is terrifying. I've got a thing about deep water and stuff, and that is absolutely terrifying. Okay, this, this is this is turning into an uplifting uh, episode already. Well, it's the penultimate one of 2020, so you know what you expect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the main uh, announcement that happened over the last week was on uh, at the Game Awards, where... Um, the Odyssey gameplay reveal trailer happened. Now, obviously, we'll be going into this uh, a little bit, a bit more in depth later, but um, one of the other things that happened at exactly the same time was we got full details of what's going to be released and when. So did we? We, we did. Uh, I we, 
Sorry, carry on. I, I just dispute one of the things you just said. So. <laughs> uh, well, I know what you're going to say, but in the first instance, there are going to be two options available to, to commanders. Unless, of course, you've got the LEP, which um, the Lifetime Expansion Pack, because that has been officially announced that um, everybody who's got one of those will be getting uh, one of these packs. But the basic Elite Dangerous Odyssey pack will cost you £29 or $40 or €34.99. That includes the Odyssey expansion and an exclusive Pioneer suit skin. Thumbs up. A shoot me skin. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. You know you're playing an MMO when. Does it suit you, sir? (laughs) So you know, you, you well in my time of playing other MMOs, and I'm not. It's been quite a few. Is that the people who were walking around with special pre-launch goodies? Well, in open, oh, people, okay, yeah. they're the first one you get. You know, you think, oh, you so and so, you're the first one I'll get. It's like going after people who've got the Cobra Mark Four because it's really easy because it's a crap ship. Yeah, I, I, I love I, my I, Cobra Mark Four. I go after Cobra Mark Fours because I feel sorry for the person who's buying them <laughs> and want to put them out of their misery. <laughs> it's a good ship. I, I maintain that the Cobra Mark Four is a reasonable ship. It's a good ship if you're suicidal. It's not. It's, it's got it's got more larger and more flexible in, internal compartments than any other small ship. Yes, Max, it Max, maxed out. You can put more in a Cobra Mark IV than you can in, uh, in any other small ship, and it is, and even more than quite a few medium ships. Uh, so, Sue, what you're saying? Flexible. Go on, sorry. What you're saying then, Sue, is the Cobra Mark IV is the ship Etienne Dorn would fly. <laughs> I mean, he probably would because he's a discerning gentleman. He doesn't just take any occupied on oh, no, a <laughs> that's a new definition of the word discerning as I'm not unaware of <laughs> yes. so pack one or rather the basic pack um, that, that's that's that one uh, The there's another one the Elite Dangerous Odyssey one Deluxe Alpha Expansion Pack option um, now this is the one that uh, Lifetime Expansion Pack owners will, will be getting that is £40 or $54.99 or €46.99. That includes the Odyssey expansion, the official digital soundtrack, so we've got new music coming in, um, again, the exclusive Pioneer suit skin, and Alpha Access, with more details about Alpha Access to follow in the new year. So it looks like we're going to get an Alpha early in the year. I guess. Question I have around the Alpha Access, though, and again, it's mm-hmm. we'll have to wait and see. But what is the purpose of the Alpha? Is the purpose of the Alpha is just basically to let people have a go and see what they think, and basically it's a marketing exercise, or is the Alpha going to be longer to actually give people a chance to bug test it, feedback on gameplay and mechanics, and to, which then gives them time to take that feedback into account? Prior to launch, because the two alphas are very, very different. Because when the when the when we first had the elite, you know, the first elite, mm-hmm. thing, there was an extended alpha and an extended gamma that allowed people to feedback and give um, them time to tweak the game and the mechanics and, and the play like that. Whereas yeah. in subsequent updates, 
they've been quite short beaters and it was purely a have a look see and yeah everything else is in stone well yeah that's that's the, the i mean there'll be certain things in the in the game that will be set in stone but i think in the alpha access there will be an, enough flexibility to fix minor annoyances but if we if we happen to come across a major flaw I don't think they'd be able to fix it because we've that's the issues that we've had before. I mean, it all depends on how long this alpha is going to be. I heard that open letters are very effective anti. Um, uh, actually, never mind. I'm, I'm going to be. I'm, I was about to be catty. Ignore me. Are you just going to say moaning at people on live streams every time they're on is also effective? <laughs> are you, are yeah. you saying that open letters are ineffective unless they're edited properly? <laughs> exactly exactly that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know i i suppose i suppose my my point was that possibly frontier have calculated that doing a beta even if it's short is a uh is a is a way to defang people who demand betas in open letters potentially I don't yeah know. well this, this is the thing because they've called it an alpha which yeah, obviously weird. that is strange it's not a it beta no. well they've called it both an alpha They've called it alpha, and they've also called it beta in the same bloody thing. I mean, that, that in, it's. I read it as I read it as though there would there would be both, which I find very strange. I don't think there's going to be both. There's going to be, it's going to be a public. It's going to be a public beta, essentially that people are, are paying access for, and mm. it's basically it's a marketing tool. I oh, desperately it. hope it'll be a long one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you do think it's a lot. I hope it's a long one. Um, uh, anyway, well, someone, someone's been at Cyberpunk, haven't they? They've been <laughs> modifying your Cyberpunk, haven't you? Um, I think actually, what they, what the, the reason for mentioning both is there will be a deluxe alpha only, and then they'll take, they'll look, that will be your taster, and then there'll be a more public beta afterwards. Because in, in other major releases, they've always had a, uh, two beaters, haven't they? They always had like a, a first beater and a second beater, mm-hmm. with with a gap in between. So I think maybe I'll call it alpha and then the more public beta. Yeah, Silverine, you you got something to add? The the trailer, the gameplay trailer that they showed at the Game Awards was um, the little caveat at the bottom was um, was in game alpha footage. I think um, I'm pretty sure it said alpha at the bottom. Um, if that's the case, then it is. Completely... It doesn't move in the video. It is just it says in-game footage. Oh, ignore me then. Or in-engine footage or something. Never mind. I was going to say that if it, if it, if it, if that was taken in an alpha, then it is conceivable they'd let players into the same build uh, and call it alpha, um, and then and then take their feedback into account, and then a week later throw up another one that was a beta. But never mind. <laughs> no, there was something um, that turned up on the Steam page that was quickly taken down. But it briefly said that the release date would be the 21st of April 2021, to which Frontier, or, or the legendary Stephen Benedetti, has said that, uh, a reminder, uh, unless we announce a date, I won't believe anything you see elsewhere. So um, <laughs> that was put up. Unless, and unless, you, unless we announce a date, you should not believe any dates that we publish on our official platforms. <laughs> it went on to announce, you can quote me in saying, unless we announce the release date officially, 
Do not believe anything you see from other sources. Thanks. So, <laughs> that may have been a, a slight slip. Uh, unless, of course, um, they are releasing the alpha and the alpha and the beta process takes that long that the actual proper um, Odyssey is released then in April. Only problem with yeah. April is it's not Q1, and they have no. said Q1. Yeah, but then again, they could also say it's been released, kind of. Because I remember when when they they went to Gamma, uh, I was waiting. You know, in the in the original uh, Kickstarter, when they went to Gamma, um, we all started again as we always did after a wipe, and then we were expecting the whole game to be wiped again when it was released properly. And then it turned out Michael Brooks said, "Now we're not going to do another wipe," and I was gutted because basically. I thought, right, I'm not going to bother this time. I'm going to wait till the wipe and then start playing properly. But it turned out I lost two, three weeks while everybody else was managing to keep their progress. And I was fuming over that. Oh, that was great. That was great. I was stacking up with rare goods for two weeks. And yeah. Um, Anyway, on the the date side, and also the uh, a little bit controversial, if I'm allowed to be a bit controversial, um, about the lifetime expansion pack. If you brought the Lifetime Expansion Pack uh, for Horizons, you are, by my calculations, 40 quid out of pocket. Yeah, but that we, we, haven't, we haven't actually had the rest of the stuff coming up yet. Well, at the moment. But anyway, on the date, what, the reason why I, think, I don't think it's the 21st of April is because when you submit something to Steam, in the same way as you used to when shops used to sell boxes of games, the developer tells the retailer about, they give a, a rough finger in the air date to say, well, in this month, you're going to need to make room for this game. How many copies do you want? So it's, it's, a, it's a retail thing, talking mm-hmm. about reserving shelf space for a product. And I believe Steam is the same. You can't just submit a game to Steam with an open-ended release date. Internally to Steam, you have to give it an approximate date just to submit it. So I think what you saw here was a placeholder date in Steam and nothing more or nothing less. Right, fair enough then. Well, we'll like I said, we'll just take it how it comes. Um, now, the next thing up was obviously we had a, um, a deluxe version being uh, the sort of the lip being posted. Um, but there was a lot of upset about the fact that you couldn't seem to get the upgrade on the Frontier Store. Now, this has been fixed because it suddenly appeared on the Frontier Store. So it's not only on Steam. You can actually, if you don't have Elite Dangerous on Steam, it's now available, the upgrades are available on the Frontier Store because I think a lot of people was, were confused. I just want to add to that point. I think Frontier are being, it's a bit weird at the moment, actually, because Frontier are, they're almost, they're advertising and they're pushing people from, I think it's EliteDangerous.com, to the Steam page, which is kind of weird. But And all of our skins are available on DLC.EliteDangerous.com or DLC.Frontier or something like that. But you can buy the game game and the expansion on mm-hmm. Store.Frontier.net or something like that, I think it is. I can't remember the actual URL, don't quote me. But... The DLC Elite Dangerous one has the DLC. That's fair enough. Steam has its thing. 
and the actual game is on the main frontier one where you buy planet coaster and everything like that. And mm. it's and they're not even you know, frontier aren't don't even seem to be linking and pimping their own store. They seem to be pushing everything towards the Steam store, which I find very interesting because obviously Steam takes a fairly big cut out of their sales. That is really interesting. Right, so, um, yeah, you had something else about um, yeah. I, I, I would I, basically. I um, it's about the, the release date. Hmm. So uh, I have the strong impression from from interactions with Frontier that they don't actually know what the release date is yet. Um, I also think that when they've done, they've said that this is the biggest update the game's ever had. When they've done quite big updates in the past, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the chunkier Horizons ones. The beta periods have sometimes lasted quite a long time, um, like you know, upwards of a month. Um, I they're talking about alpha and they're talking about beta, and the phrasing is all we'll have more information in the new year. And and uh, another another comment said uh, another comment from one of the CMs was uh, you'll get more information over the coming months, months plural. All of that taken together, to me, with the April 21st release date that was briefly shown on Steam, says that they are targeting a, um, a late April release. Um, also, uh, Peter Wotherspoon said that, uh, told me, that, which was news to me, that, their, that Frontier's financial year uh, runs May to May, um, or, uh, or May to June or whatever, um, which I had no idea of. And... Uh, and does potentially mean that there wouldn't be the kind of impact of uh, the release falling into uh, into mid or late April that we thought there might. So all of that together says to me that what we're probably looking at is uh, an alpha in uh, or, a, or a or a sort of early access beta in uh, sort of late Jan, early Feb, uh, another beta towards um, late Feb, March. And then aiming for a late April release for the for the game itself, and that would still technically just about be early twenty twenty one if you squint. Right. Well, um, on top of all this, there has been a Polygon article about uh, Odyssey, uh, as provided by Charlie Hall. Uh, it seems Polygon's resident elite expert. And, uh, yeah, it's probably going to go into the exact same details that we're all going to be uh, chatting about in a bit. So um, I think we'll uh, we'll park the rest of this discussion for the moment because there's an awful lot to get into for, for uh, uh, the discussion later on. So the in-game events which have been happening this week is um, we now have a new CG, or a CG in progress, rather, uh, with the Sirius Corporation trying to establish Marlinus colonies. Um, again, this is the um, Marlin- the Marlinists, um, basically the flashpoint between the Empire and the Federation at the moment. And um, the Sirius Corporation um, have stepped in and said, right, okay, um, how about we take these troublesome Marlinist colonists and give them their own planets? And uh, we're we're needing some materials in order to do that. Uh, so, guys, what do you think about the way this this looks like? It's a way to resolve a potential flashpoint between the the Empire and the Federation. Do you think it's been handled right, or would you have preferred a good old fashioned war? I, I was always su- surprised that war was uh, that war was. It, it felt a bit of a reheat, really. Um, the 2017 story was all about 
the rattling of sabers between the Empire and the Federation. And the prospect of another war felt a little bit like reheating yesterday's lunch. Um, so I wasn't surprised that uh, I wasn't surprised that um, the frontier. Well, back down. Yeah, exactly. I, I wasn't surprised when the, when, the, when they threw a, a, an, an ulterior route in, an alternative route. Sorry. And the risk of putting the tinfoil hat on my head, it makes mm-hmm. life a lot easier if you keep all the saber rattling in narrative rather than oh shit, we suddenly need to spawn a war going on between the the feds and the empires and. You know, somehow yeah. have fights going on all over the place and things. It would be yeah. glorious. <laughs> it would be glorious. And it could become glorious, but yeah, it would be it would be so much fun. God, it would be brilliant. Imagine, imagine a giant protracted, full on war where they where where they took a- aggregate player action to determine uh, which systems well, fell and, te- and which stood. It would just be, it would be so brilliant. Isn't this? Sort of what the BGS slash power player meant to be doing. Well, yeah, but that's all indirect, isn't it? The, the, the amount, of, the amount of direct that's PvP of that goes on. The, 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 the amount. Well, no, not necessarily. It would be. Oh, um, thinking, okay, I see. We, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, actually, probably the best, probably the best approach would be to 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 do both at the same time. Have um have direct and indirect PvP. Uh, I mean, we, this is a completely different conversation. I, th- I think it would be really, really cool to have both. To have all pushes uh, have, all the time. Yeah, so if if you sign up for the CG for the Federation, you're flagged as a Federation player, and then uh, anybody killing you for the Empire, this will, is getting will, a bit into Kai's fill a discussion, really, isn't it? <laughs> Slightly, yeah. I, I think it would be ve- I think it would be a, a really brilliant sort of event to run for six months in the game, at least. Uh, two players in chat have a really good suggestion, and I endorse this. Um, they say, how about putting them all in one place and then blow it up? Can we, Just, can we chuck in the British government into that as well? I'm not being political this week, but um, yeah, so if you, if you want the period end, we'll let them set a colony up and just come in and just blow it all up and get rid of the problem. <laughs> Thargoids, look here. <laughs> yeah, the, they're the Thargoid meat shield. Is that what we're, we're saying? Yeah, toss them in there and let them have a happy colony and then just bang. So Babylon, the Babylon 5 approach, isn't it? It's a sort of... Uh, Thing. Babylon 5 <laughs> I doubt the Marlinists would feel that way uh, yeah um, I mean there is a possibility there that has been it has been suggested by <laughs> by Kai again that you know this could be the possibility for a new power play leader imagine a elective producer yes a little power play a new power play probably um, leader with um, a couple of systems to start with. I mean, admittedly, again, <laughs> yes, Shan advises in favour of genocide. Take a drink. I don't, I don't, I can't see them adding another power play leader. I mean, they, they've surprised me before, but give, given, given the, 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 the temperature of that particular potato, I, I really don't think that, <laughs> I really don't think the Frontier are in any mood to, to get stuck into rejigging power play before they actually do a thorough no no it's it's my opinion that um you're probably looking at late next year before they get around to fixing other parts of the game it's going to be the focus odyssey is going to be the focus for the first six months and i don't think anything else will be done but that's another thing to to um to discuss about it another time um the other interesting little um 
uh, item that's coming in the game is there an out there is a new outpost coming at the roof of space so at the very top of the galaxy there's a whole load of little systems that you can get to uh, and if you do manage to get up there the views are absolutely fantastic because you can look down and see practically the whole galaxy spread out in front of you this is the outpost yeah this is this is the Mars outpost Mars station well, well, that's what I said, wasn't it? An, an outpost is planned for the roof of space. Well, I, the, re- the reason why I'm saying it is if it's an outpost, people who turn up in their Explorer Condor are going to be really upset. Oh, yeah. there'll be plenty of fleet carriers around there but before you know it. <laughs> but um, I must admit, when you actually do get up that high and you look down, you do half expect to see sort of four elephants and a turtle. <laughs> it is stunning. I love the view from up there. It's absolutely it wonderful. There's a couple of roofs of the world, isn't there? There was one where it's a one-way trip. So basically you jump at a neutron star and that gets you. Well, it was a one-way trip until fully carriers. But basically you, 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 there's a jump you have to make from the neutron star to get there. But it, there's no way back. So you have to self-destruct to get back to the bubble. And I believe it is also the spot where some crafty so-and-so wrote a support ticket to Frontier and said, oh, I've got here and I'm stuck. Can you move me back, please? So they actually managed to get the first discovered tag on this unguessable. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. Is that the place or is it a different place? I think it's actually a different place. Um, I remember Michael Brooks actually saying that he was going to put stars in there so people could get out that high, but that was a long time ago. I love Michael Brooks. I love him. He's my spirit animal. we, we, we do miss Michael. Just, oh, I, lo- I love mm. Dev saying things like that. Just so so good to hear. Yeah. So I guess you, he's a Wookiee, basically. What? You have a Wookiee. W- Michael Brooks looks like a Wookiee, so you have a Wookiee as a spirit animal. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, he's a, he also owns a very large collection of axes. I don't know how uh, yeah, <laughs> he's going to react next time he sees you at LaveCon, Ben. And armor. <laughs> Um, well, there was a oh, there's a, a final pit, a bit of uh, of Galnet news which carries on with this storyline about the hostile takeover bid of Core Dynamics over Lacon. Now, last week Core uh, Lacon discounted a lot of their ships apparently to generate funds so that they could fight off uh, this takeover bid by Core Dynamics. To which Core Dynamics had done the same, and they have cut the prices on all of their on, on a lot of their ships including the Eagle, the Vulture and a lot of the Federal Navy ships that are hidden behind the paywall. So they're 30% cheaper and this will be continuing until the 30th of December. So if uh, you no like... Call back, though, I don't think. By paywall you mean rank wall? Rank wall, yes. That's paywall, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Paywalls are slightly different things. Yes, I know, but the I have to well, be very careful when it's a paywall, isn't it? It can be a paywall because you can you can uh, donate a lot of money to get your rank up. True, true. So I'm I'm making sure my pronunciation is is correct for all that. Okay, um, you don't want to confuse your R with your Ws. No, uh, yeah, having a slight affliction like Jonathan Ross might make things a little bit yes um, embarrassing. Um, again, no newsletter this week because it's it's every other week. Uh, and there was, but there was a store alert of 
Uh, I think it was the adder this week. So, um, yeah. Score alert! Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you really got excited by that. I know. I, I, I don't think it is. I don't think it would be right or proper to let a store alert go untrumpeted. Oh, <laughs> I so see. You're blowing your own trumpet. No, I'm not. I'm, Are we back I'm, to, I'm blowing. Are we back to alert. cyberpunk again? <laughs> Are you blowing Ben's trumpet? <laughs> yes, that is precisely what I'm doing. Yes, <laughs> cyberpunk, the only game that allows you to blow your own trumpet. <laughs> Right, let's move on before Ben gets excited. Um, right, we're going to take a short break um, and we're going to come back with our main discussion of, obviously, that video and the um, the pictures and breakdown that was released by Frontier earlier in the week. life, choose a ship, choose a career, choose a cargo, choose a f***ing big ship, choose palladium gold and electrical tin openers, choose good health, low cholesterol and ship insurance, choose fixed interest loan repayments, choose a space station, choose your friends, choose leisure wear and matching luggage, choose a paint job and hire purchase and a range of f***ing colours. Choose decals, exploration, and wondering where the f*** you are on a Sunday morning. Choose sitting in that chair, running mind-numbing, spirit-crushing trade routes, stuffing f***ing junk food in your mouth. And choose rotting away at the end of it all, pissing your last in the void, with no one out there to hear you bury or do anything as you drift away in cold space. Until some f***er comes along to steal your ship, your cargo, and your clothes leaving your bones floating out in space. Choose your future. Choose life. But why would I want to do a thing like that? I choose not to choose life. I chose something else. And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got onion heads? flown ships at max speed. You've felt the power of the 30 megawatt mining laser. You've experienced the efficiency of the MB4 mining machine. Wow. But it leaves every hardcore miner with just one question. Why can't I get a shave that's that fast, close and efficient? Introducing the Saracen MB5 shaving drone. It's so smooth. Combining the power of a mining laser with the convenience of a drone. It's like every hair is targeted by a fighter and destroyed. Saracen's patented shaving drone attaches to your face at the start of the day. Leave it to do its work, and when you come back to check, your face is shaved. He's so smooth. It's like I'm mining my face. The Saracen MB5 shaving drone. Now I feel manly. Saracen shaving. Making shaving an unnecessary adventure. 
Federal Navy. We want you for Adventures Unlimited. Just last week I was mixing Sidewinder Slammers at a CD space bar. I wasn't even pilot registered. And now I have a ship and a basic starting mission for the Federal Navy. Owing to recent actions in the Lave region, the Federal Navy now seeks to recruit another 1,000 entry-level pilots. We need you to add your strength to our military machine. I'm going to see the galaxy. We have missions for all pilots, regardless of combat experience or flight hours. Come and talk to us and we'll get you on the military ladder. Join the Federal Navy. Make a real pilot of yourself. Or die trying. Wait, what's that? Is that is that a ship coming? Are they looking for me? What do they? And welcome back. Now, obviously, at the Video Game Awards, there was a uh, a, vi- a video, a gameplay video of Odyssey, which was the first time we've actually seen them claim in-game footage, not alpha test, actual in-game footage. So um, I'm going to go around the rest of the, the guys and see what the reaction was to it and their first impressions. So um, who'd like to go first? Yeah, I'll go on then. Okay then, Shan. Here we go. Um, I try. I've tried to learn over the years not to judge a game by its trailer. So I'm going to be talking purely about the trailer, not about what um, Odyssey could be at the moment. And it looked really, really pretty. You know, it was. It looked. Some of the graphics on it were absolutely stunning. It. I'm a big. Uh, if I was a you know, if I was looking at it for the first time and I didn't know anything about Elite. From the gameplay they showed on the trailer, I thought Elite would have been like a Halo or a Star Citizen clone. I didn't think it put across what Elite was about particularly well. Um, so graphically very good, very pretty, but I think I only had like 20 seconds of first-person shooting. And if I was watching that, it's kind of what I would think the game was all about. So, uh, it, yeah. I think I, if, I think the trailer just showed it would be an FPS. It didn't show anything deeper than that. Right. Interesting. Uh... <laughs> uh, I guess I'll come in and do a direct response to Shan's comment and say okay. you've got to remember the audience that that, that this is going at, out at. You know, the yeah. audience is obviously aimed at people who potentially don't know anything about Elite Dangerous and do like Halo, and they want... You know, they're aiming it at that kind of person who to bring in the new blood and things like that into the game. Uh, well, possibly you yeah. can say it's a bit of a bait and switch. Yeah. Um, but we'll have yeah, to I see mean, about that, and we got to we're going to have to obviously go and get the a full, almost like Elite Dangerous Odyssey advert where we've got we you've got the space, you've got the SRV, you've got the exploring, you've got the space combat, you've got the mining. And you can maybe do it all on first as well. Maybe there will be a a real. This is the you know you've got the teaser trailer, blah blah. This is the actual Odyssey trailer. Yeah, where it does show all the things, or maybe they won't. We just who knows. I mean, to help me formulate what uh, you know, the audience was, I asked the mini chance because they they don't know much about Elite at all. Yeah, uh, other than I play it a lot and whatnot. 
So I said, have a look at that trailer and tell me what it says to you. And uh, Elder Minishan, his first reaction when he saw the base was, ooh, base building. And then it was, <laughs> and he said, oh, it's, um, it's, it's, it's like um, Battlefield in space, it's FPS. And the yeah, youngest, like, well, like, said, yeah, the, yeah he was, his response was the same. Oh, it's an FPS. It's, you know, it's like Call of Duty with spaceships. And mm-hmm. if that was the audience, I'm just kind of a bit concerned about, what if that is what Odyssey is? What if it is Call of Duty in space? Um, right, okay. Uh, Souverine. Uh, I think that is nonsense. Um, I think that the, the trailer, uh, less than a third of it was given over to FPS. Um, the entirety of the rest of it was um, planetary approach and, uh, and walking on planets. Um, I think the trailer did a good job of demonstrating that what... The, the, the experience that Elite Dangerous is going to convey is fly a spaceship, land on a planet dynamically, get out, walk, shoot people. Um, and and that, you know, that fundamental experience, the, the freeform planetary landings and exploration is, is, is core to the Kickstarter promise. And, it's actually, and, and, and basically that's the message of the trailer. Um, I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was really wonderful. Uh, I don't think much of it was new. Um, I... Uh, the 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 snow the, the the landscapes on the icy planet were particularly stunning. I was really really struck by how much better the planets look in Odyssey than they do in the live build at the moment. The the, the live the, the the icy planets in particular in the live build look like PlayStation Two games compared to the screenshots coming from Odyssey. I think I think I think we should be even if you're not planning on getting Odyssey. I think the 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 degree to which we'll see ice planets improve is really really exciting. Um, I thought the FPS was looked really good. Uh, lots of traces I couldn't help noticing. Like it, it looked like there were loads of beams flying across the screen. I don't know how normal that is for first-person shooters. Um, I thought the, the gunplay looked pretty solid. I, I've always I've always been interested in uh, walking around for Elite primarily as as a as a way to give context to the spaceships. Um, you know, if you can walk around your spaceship and you can and you can look at it from the outside and you can and you can explore the inside, it makes the whole thing feel a bit more like a place rather than just a vehicle. And uh, and it makes it feel, feel a bit more real than simply being your avatar in the game world. Um, so I, I, I've i always been pretty relaxed to, um, uh, to first-person shooter aspect as, a, as, a, as an addition to, to the game. Got to say, I'm... That looks really smart. It looks really polished. You, as Shan says, you can't tell much from a for tra- from a trailer, and they can often be very misleading. But I thought that, as first person shooter footage goes, that looked pretty exciting. Um, I um, I think in terms of who it was aimed at, I think Elite Dangerous is now six years old. Most people who who play video games probably know that Elite Dangerous is a space sim. Um, Frontier, therefore, are uh, are primarily interested in. I mean, from from their point of view, people who are interested in space sims probably already own Elite Dangerous or have already written it off. Given that it's been four or five pounds at various points over the last three years, several times. You know, it's it's, it's heavily discounted three or four times a year. Give, you know, given that, it is reasonable to assume that most people probably own it or have considered owning it or at least have read the Steam page. It therefore it doesn't surprise me that. Frontier didn't spend their allocated game uh, game convention time selling a space sim 
they 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 demonstrated what the experience would offer in terms of the freeform landings. But primarily, this is about what's coming, which is the first person shooter aspect. It does make perfect sense as well if if you're if you're trying to broaden the appeal of a of a six year old game by by adding an entirely new theatre of gameplay to it, which is exactly what Frontier are doing. It makes sense to focus on that so you can attract people who who like those games. You know, I I know quite a few people who who really like first person shooters and aren't aren't particularly bothered about space sim sandboxes it's designed to appeal to those people you know if you were going to buy a space sim you'd probably already have considered elite uh, right um, okay yes yeah, sean your turn yeah sorry steve um as i said i'm judging it by the trailer and this is purely off the top of my head when i saw it i i think a a better trailer would have I mean, this is purely i mean I, off the top of my head an example what i would have done is i would have shown a picture of earth so that immediately shows a player oh Earth in it, I would then zoom out to the galactic map. I would then zoom into somewhere around the core, and I would then have a ship landing on a planet in the core. Then you have your people walking across. They then get out their Dyson multi tool, scan an ancient ruin or a Thargoid ruin or something, and then switch to the gunplay where they're then fighting other players. Because then it says, well, what's this ruin? What are they scanning? What else is there? What 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 is it? What are they doing? Why? And it just kind of leads to thinking, oh, there's stuff to do. There's scanning. There's these aliens. And it, it just seems to be a deeper trailer than lots of very pretty animation with 20 seconds of Halo. Right. Um, ben, do you want to just jump in there then? Something I was just thinking about actually is, you know, obviously on Steam or on the PC, it's been anywhere from £30 down to free. Yes, that's right. Um, does anyone know actually, has it gone for four or five pounds on the Xbox or the PlayStation, or has it always remained at full price? That's a great question. Oh, the, oh that's interesting because I don't know. I don't know either. So. If any of our Xbox or PlayStation, if any of our console commanders could let us know that in Twitch or something like that, that'd be really interesting, actually, because I don't, I don't know if it's gone down that low or if it's only on the PC. Mm. Um, well, not that it particularly matters, I guess. Um, but you know, still, and sh- I also think, yeah, just responding to Shan, as I said earlier, we're going to get this is another how many movie, how many trailers do this is not the definitive trailer no this is this is a a show off look guys this is what the com- yeah. this is what the it's going to look like in game they've made the point uh, over and over again that it's this is actual in game footage it's not alpha footage anymore this is how how it's going to look yeah, yeah which... i mean the entire of the video basically saying in game footage mm, yeah i mean my reaction to it was uh, yeah i my i was oh. up late that night with uh, <laughs> Commander Ascorbius and, and company okay, over at the yeah. broadcast, uh, and we were all having a good laugh at uh, at the awards shows until this came on. And as soon as this came on, we just went silent. It was mm-hmm. it it was jaw dropping to see the vistas, um, far superior to to what we've seen before. Oh yeah, uh, and, uh, and on 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 the basis of this trailer alone. Um, I know that uh, Scorbius went and bought the uh, <laughs> the alpha on Steam, and of course got hit by that horrible bug, Oof. which killed for, which killed your basic game for a day. 
which they sorted out. However, Colin yeah. Wintermute is confirming that, well, as far as he remembers, it was for five pounds on the Xbox recently. Well, there so you go. So it, it has been dis- yeah. discounted on on the uh, on the, on the uh, the consoles as well. But one interesting thing that I thought, one criticism that I do have about this is the fact I understand why they use David Bowie's uh, Space Oddity because basically it matches the tone of the of the video. The problem was, as soon as uh, that started playing, a lot of people who were watching the um, uh, uh, watching the Game Awards and were restreaming it out and giving reactions to the whole thing, they got hit by DRMs. <laughs> which I thought was... Re- I thought that was actually a bad move, because basically... The, Don't until other the point, have that, those things, no? No. It's, it's all their own music there there isn't any oh. um now the the problem was that you know a lot of these uh twitch streamers were quite impressed with the actual graphics and they were wondering what this was about because obviously they hadn't seen elite dangerous before yes. but as soon as the bowie music oh, kicked no. in they got <laughs> they had to they had to basically cut their their feed otherwise yeah they could, you know, GT saying that the Game Awards was full of DMCA copyright music. I mean, you I could just, just you could just mute the footage. Yeah, I know you could just mute the footage, but the, this this one was particularly no, notorious. Yeah, I, I thought it was a I thought it was a nice it was a nice touch for me. It was um, uh, it, it's quite, it, it felt very as as trailers go, it felt very British. Um, it was it was I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was thematically. Appropriate and um, mm. and had a, had a bit more personality than most. Uh, yeah, trailers. Beetle Jude oh. is sharing something interesting with us. So I was going to say sharing her age, but I'm not. I'm not even going to go there. Um, but Beetle Jude's saying, "I want the moon landing." Uh, Space Odyssey, Oddity rather, was used by the BBC back in '69 for the moon landings. Uh, so she's um. suspecting that. By having Space Oddity as the music, then maybe dropping us a little bit of a hint. How how was she able to do that? Because I thought it came out in 1972. I don't, you probably know this better than I do. A um, hint of what? Uh, uh, the David Bowie <laughs> came out in the <laughs> You were alive in 1972. Can you say <laughs> Love you, Jude. And Beetle Jude has now told me to F off. That's not my age. And quite yeah. right too, <laughs> and and very justifiable. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the issue that um, I was trying, the point I was trying to make was the fact that you know these uh, Twitch streamers and influencers were impressed, but basically as soon as they uh, heard the music, they knew that they couldn't, they weren't going to be interested in going into this any further because basically <laughs> they'd just been DRM'd. Gaming awards would be fine because presumably they're paid for the rights and blah blah blah. But if you're yeah, a the gaming, the streamer, gaming awards were fine, but you've also got to remember that these yeah, guys are be streaming it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, so the, basically they're going to get hit by anything that comes out, and yeah, that's. I think that was a that was a bit of a a misstep. But as far as the actual um, video was concerned, 
I was really impressed. And there, there is an awful lot to unpack in there. We've, we've got um, other streams and, and other podcasts have gone through it frame by frame. And uh, yeah, that's always well, interesting to go, but uh, I think this is not the place for it here. So I was watching Crash on Friday, who was going for stream by stream, and Crash uh, looked at some of the lighting around the fire and things, and uh, his view was it wasn't using ray tracing or DLSS or anything like that in the video that showed. Not to say it won't have it in, but, but it, so you know, if you're going to out, go out and buy a 3080 or something for ray tracing and stuff like that, for Odyssey, hey, I Sean, would be careful, NVIDIA will ban you. What? Yeah. <laughs> what you? They're like, sorry, what? Shan, you don't believe in ray tracing. We'll take our card back. Well, they can prize it out of my cold, dead hand. Uh, by the way, Colin, I, I hate to say this, but you've been schooled by several people. I have. Um, I, I put my hands up. I put my yeah. hands up. Yes, it was recorded on the 20th of June, 1969. I Maybe that's it, uh, was when you first heard it, Colin. I would have been one. So you probably did hear it then. I mean, you had it. Yeah. People forget that I'm actually a lot older than I am. <laughs> I, I don't think any, anybody forgets that, Colin. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Ah, uh, dear. Anyway, so <laughs> you're making me lose the thread here, as usual. Right. So one thing I do think, sorry, is uh, we're going to get an awful lot of very short female characters in Odyssey. You do? Why is that, Shan? Tell us why we will get lots and lots of short female characters. Because if you are fighting against other players, you want a smaller character as possible. Oh, the odd jump syndrome. The odd jump syndrome. Yeah, so they can't be hit. Why female? Because they... Generally narrow the hitboxes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I did not know that. That's fascinating. I mean, some places just give everyone the same hitbox. It's just invisible. Because if you look at this, if you look at the trailer when they have the shot of the the, the male and the female in the space shoot as the cobra goes overhead, there's a significant height difference between That's the two. That's true. Yeah, that is true. That is a good point. Interesting. I think I, I think people overestimate the um, personally. I don't give a crap about what my hitbox is. I, I I think one, not everybody is interested in elite as a primarily multiplayer experience, and two. A lot of people view immersion and roleplay as more exciting and interesting than um, min-maxing or performance or optimization. Um, so I, I think some people might be like, oh, I need to make sure my hitbox is as small as it can possibly be. But other people might be like, well, I don't really fancy roleplaying a dwarf. I think I'll just play as I normally do. <laughs> I don't care what my hitbox is. I've got big boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess my point more broadly is that pe- I think people people sometimes put too much People sometimes overthink things like implied advantages given by certain things. And actually, I think the, the, the constituency of players who, who think like that are not the majority. I now realise how Frodo and Sam were able to get rid of the ring. Their hitboxes were too small. <laughs> <laughs> is that how come Gollum, Gollum got it off uh, Frodo then? His hitbox is even smaller. Even Frodo. smaller. <laughs> Oh dear! You know when things have gone bad when you you start making Lord of the Rings um, references in the in the space game, right? Anyway, um, moving on from the video, Frontier also gave us a breakdown of um, 
the the new HUD that comes with it. Um, so I'm going to ask our our technician to put up uh, our first slide, if you like. All of a sudden, I feel like I'm I'm doing a a COVID briefing. <laughs> Brief us on these screenshots, Colin. Well, so, there Colin, are... does this screen does this screenshot indicate the test and trace facility of Frontier is not really well class? I think if if Frontier, I've got more confidence in a test and trace uh, system by Frontier than any other, having had experience of it. You didn't it, and you had your test and trace done in less and result in less than a day, wasn't it? Yeah, the test wasn't the problem. The tracing was. We were having six phone calls a day, all asking where we were, because um, because everyone in the family had it. Each one was notified as a separate incident. And they kept on phoning us up all the time. I'm wondering for you. Show you how much you cared, Colin. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Honestly, that Excel spreadsheet must have been sort of burning up. But never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Right. The uh, picture that we've got up at the moment, uh, that is the third picture which they've got on uh, on the breakdown. the this one's quite interesting because it points out at the the top left hand corner. Um, you'll notice that they've got a little um, what looks like scales, judgment scales. Now that uh, apparently is um, your uh, active player bounty. So this this one will demonstrate that actually you're wanted here. Uh, and further down, um, there'll be on the left hand side. You see a a what can only be described as an authority level, so that would be kind of like the access level you've got in a base. And further down from that is your actual health, which is the green plus. Now, around the green plus, you'll notice that there, there are three rings, which is basically the what looks like shields. Uh, and you next to that, you've got what looks like power, uh, and also what oxygen. I mean, what is your impression of the? Uh, of this HUD to begin with? No pips. Yeah, no pips. Uh, what I think is going to be interesting, though, is we've got the first thing which looks to me like you know, maybe either night vision or your torch thing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then, you've got your, then you've got your Tigger jump pack. Um, then I think the next thing next to that is going to be you know, maybe shields or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Um, what's that middle one, actually? It's like a re- uh, little electrical system. The one next to that's going to be shields, and the one next to that's going to be... Maybe that's Maybe recharge. The- Maybe you, you find yeah. sockets that you can plug yourself into. The interesting thing is the use of the radar. I'm just curious how that will work, because won't it... Yeah. Yeah, how's that radar going to work? Because presumably that makes ambushing people quite difficult. Possibly, yeah. but, I mean, why not? Well, they, they have said that there's going to be stealth elements involved. Maybe you don't appear on the radar if you switched off all your electrics. That would be interesting, actually, if your your heat generation or something like that is tied in. Yeah. Uh, just no. like in the main game. Um, but I think it's, I like how this is showing us what is going to be using up our power. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me if the, uh, if the, the power use of your suit generated your signature. Um, and the the mm. proximity at which your blip appears on the radar is a, is a function of your suit's power signature, um, which would mean that running stealth builds for FPS would mean 
lighter suits, lower power consumption, possibly running without shields. That would be quite exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And also, also you wouldn't appear on the radar. So. Yeah. It's also interesting to see there are triangles and squares on the radar screen. Um, the hollow triangle, not on this one, but yeah, there are on the later, later on. on the, there are that's hollow that's triangles. A good point. Yeah. These are humans. I yeah. I I actually we don't we. I actually would quite like a leak to scrap the the difference between NPCs and players on the HUD. Um, I think you'd I'd, I think you'd see a lot fewer complaints about griefing if players had no idea whether it was other players who blew them up or not. But anyway, that is a discussion for another day. Yeah, I mean, in this particular picture, it looks like someone is reloading their rifle. Um, yep. Is that a rifle or is it a pistol? It looks like oh. a dustbuster. It looks like a railgun. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying it's some kind of energy weapon. This is. And yeah, the thing they're holding looks like a thermal detonator. Where I have I'll be watching too much Mandalorian. You, you, I think it's, uh, everyone's think, been watching too much Mandalorian. I think it'll end up being like something like a power core. Is that yeah. possible to watch too much Mando? I mean, if it leads to your death, you could probably say, like, if you were watching so much Mandalorian that you forgot to eat and sleep and then you died, they could probably say, you know, at your funeral, they might say, here lies Ben, he probably watched a bit too much Mandalorian. <laughs> uh, as, as opposed to beneath this sod lies another. <laughs> I know I've used that joke a few weeks ago, but it's such I, a good one. Can I draw attention to the access number level thing? Above the, yes. above the shield, there's yeah. a little number three, and on the disambiguation uh, thread about the HUD, they said it was, it was your security access level. <laughs> what do we think this is? This is really exciting. I hadn't really heard anything about this. What is the security access level? How do you raise yours? What, what ramifications does it have? Yada, yada, yada. Do we think it's a function of your BGS? Do we think it's a function of your BGS friendliness with the... With the faction that control that system, perhaps? No, maybe you haven't read the red card yet. I was going to say, my gut call is like the Quake, you know, a bit like Quake where you go and get your different key cards. Yeah. Well, so, so I, it's, I don't know. I think it on, would be more useful for, um, you know, considering if you are a, uh, you're allied with a, the power that owns this base, that means you've got access to level one, which gives you full access to the base. Absolutely. But if you're cordial, then you get level three. I, I, I think, think that would be brilliant. That would be absolutely perfect. Because imagine how much meaning that would give to the BGS friendliness stats. Imagine how much how much more of a how much more sort of human context that would give to the stat of being allied or friendly or cordial or whatever. It would be very, very cool. I, I, I like that idea, but if we do that, then I think you also want some way to hack access levels as well. So if you're not if you're not all pally pally with them, you mm -hmm. can you can hack your way into the system and get access. Oh, I personally, I think you'll have full access to wander wherever you like. The problem is, mm -hmm. if you've got access level three and you wander into a two or a one, that's it. You're wanted. If someone finds you, you're wanted and you're in trouble. Mm, well, I'm thinking key cards to let, let you in, but maybe one thing that I've noticed actually. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I've seen any explanations about this. Is so you see where we've got the 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 green cross and the shields and your health and things like that. Yep. It looks like there's a little bit of a waveform going on there as well. That's true. It does. I, I think that's device and scanner. I think that's um, actually that's a good point. There is a salvaging aspect. There could be a waveform aspect. I've got to say, just on a general comment, I I think the I think this HUD is brilliant. 
I think Frontier have always been very, very good at HUDs and UI, and um, mm. and I, I think that this HUD is really, really very good in, indeed. Like every every single bit of it is useful. There's very, very little which is just stylistic. So, so what you say about the waveform, it, you, you're right. It would be unusual if it was just aesthetic. Like it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it was. Um, if there was a bit of a hot or colder um, mechanism at play with finding salvage stuff. It might be a wish list thing, but what if that waveform is a different mode? So you, you can have if you like an infrared mode, because you know how you have night vision on ships? So I'm wondering if that waveform could be something a bit deeper than just visual spectrum. Hmm. Could be. Yeah. It, I it mean... does... uh, Kai, Kai is putting in a suggestion about it being a hard. I don't know why that it doesn't that that would be purely a visual flourish though. There's, I don't think the heartbeat has any unless the heartbeat is linked to your stamina levels, like it is in Star Citizen, in which your like the the indicator could demonstrate how much more stamina you have for sprinting and things potentially. Although, although I can't I can't see them doing it just because, if that makes sense. Light be signal, no. Two people to sleep. Okay. So the other thing that does um, does look interesting, I, I think the gun could well be a rail gun from what we've seen. Thing, but also what, in the particular one in this picture. Yeah, I think in the probably first picture, is a, yeah. I think that probably is a rail gun. I'm, I'm looking at what's on the Twitch stream at the moment, not mm-hmm. in the in, in the show notes. Um, the other thing of interest um, is the design. The internal design because it very much looks like an IKEA outpost, doesn't it? Where it's it's blocks of textures and models put together, and I'm wondering whether or not that's procedurally generated. That's a well. I mean, it it must be. I I think that the way that the the proc gen of the bases will work is that it'll be a bit like Warframe, where they have tile sets encompassing rooms and corridors, and the proc gen system will draw elements from the tile sets depending on uh, informed by the system state and prosperity and those sort of things to uh, to to populate the um uh, the outposts and the, the settlements so for example if you if you're on the frontier and it's a low income settlement then it'll then and the, and the, and the system system has a population of 3000 or something then it'll pluck the most the, you know it'll pluck a few small bits from its from its from its settlement building tile set, maybe of a couple of rooms in a shabby looking corridor or something. Uh, it's, it's quite interesting. We've gone into a zoom of that uh, of, of that small piece of the HUD. I have noticed that, you know, there does seem to be what looks like a chat icon there as, as well as a blue circle. But also if you look behind at, at the, uh, um, at the orange panel, it, it says, do not attack additional load, which makes me, speculate about what the heck there might be something important about these orange panels i think it's just texture i think it's just filler i don't think in it it doesn't look particularly destructible yeah i think it'd be a hell of an interesting mechanic if it were though or at least potentially interesting yeah if the, those orange ones were load bearing but well these are things we'll see when we see i guess um, yeah it will I, be I love yeah. the gloves i mean you can see like it looks to me like the glove, the gloves and things like that. You've got, you know, they're almost like finger sensitive or something like that. So you can read your fingerprints through it or something. Like you, you got a little orange bit around your trigger finger uh, and your thumb actually, or it could just be style. I don't know. Um, but I think the thing, the thing that has me most excited about the UI 
is how prevalent the gravity and the temperature and yeah, that yeah, yeah. I'm, really I'm really excited makes me by think that. They're going to be core mechanics that we need to deal with, and I really, I'm almost more excited to see how we handle the high G stuff over the low G stuff. Oh, I'm so excited! I'm so, I'm, I'm, I so hope that is the case. I so hope that those yeah. things have an impact on gameplay. Oh, yeah. it's so good. Right. Well, I've gone and uh, asked the Norman to to move the image, and this is this is the first one that we've seen in the uh, in the actual breakdown, and. Up ahead, you can see how um, other commanders will, well, in this case, an enemy commander, will actually be shown towards you. So, obviously, we've got here the character information, which will include the name, their health and shields, their rank and criminality, the authority level of the, of the, cur- uh, of the current settlement, and the relationship to the player, which in this case is a, uh, a, an enemy. And you can tell that because the, the reticule <laughs> for whatever gun they're using there um is right over the over his back so okay. i mean I, go on Chan. can i say how realistic it is i mean everyone walks around with bright red letters above their name when they're trying to hide <laughs> don't they oh you i know. thought i thought it was realistic about because you always like shooting people in the back no no no, no. no i i am i am the world's worst fps player i have the aim of a stormtrooper in this so you know if i hit anything i'm lucky but i was just talking about the stealth mechanic i really hope that red text is toggleable by the person i think, has the red I, think it, I think it comes up when you uh when your reticule is on a target i think it's con- i think it's context sensitive bit of the hud so if you if you if you move your reticule over a target you'll see their commander tag above them yeah, but then can't you just move it around and just see where the red text pops up? I mean, you can see That's up ahead. That yes, the, but by the, then you'll be dead. You can also <laughs> see by the by the door they've got a number two. So obviously that is your whoever is in access level two. And also in the radar this time, the person that's right ahead of you is a is basically a red triangle. So that that's mimicking what's in the. But, in sorry, the ship scanner. This, this is a CMDR, so this is a this is a player. It's not that's human. That's a hollow triangle too. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's just I. I pers- some people are saying they're red because they're a, a human with their guns out. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people. I think it's probably red because earlier in the when they were filming this or taking the screenshots, they shot the guy. Uh, so he's got, just he- got hostile. He's got the justice symbol next to his name, so it does look like he's it does look like he's yeah. he's wanted at least locally. Yeah, but then so are you. Yeah, so um, I think it would fit. It could yeah. be that you're both storming the base and therefore you're both yeah. wanted. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. I think it makes sense to have if you have your guns out, you're a triangle. And if you have it drawn, you're a square. Because that's yeah. just yeah. what the rest of the uh, the game is like. I agree. Yep. Right. Um, you also notice that they're, uh, they've highlighted the ammo, and is that grenades? Yeah, it looks like grenades underneath. So yep. whatever this gun does, it, it does it shoots, it shoots, and it, well, it can gr- launch grenades at things as well. And notice how these grenades have got like a little star. That's right. We're doing what we said we weren't going to do. They've got a little star next to it. So it's mm-hmm. other grenades have other types of symbols. So this is like oh. you know maybe a shot grenade or something like that. It's got yeah, it's got it's got a little electricity bolt, yeah. so it it looks like it might yeah. be like a flash or something. Yeah, maybe an EMP or a flash or something like that. No, yeah, I mean, there's the thought EMP wiping out all your shields and 
and some of your I, protection as well. I that don't want to call grenades. I want to be called thermal detonators. <laughs> one thing, uh, one thing Ventura mentioned in chat is that in the bottom, in the bottom left, above the presumably jetpack symbol, there's you, you've got your little chat boxes, and then next to that, there's a blue circle. What do we think yeah. that is? Do we think that's Mike Live or something like that? That would be my suspicion. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, I just yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, when <laughs> when we're playing Star Wars Squadrons, the first thing we do is switch off the squadron chat and just carry on in Discord. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Imminently dangerous, isn't it? Since 2016, any game having its own in in-game chat box seems a bit quaint, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, one thing that I I did notice in this one across the top, obviously, you've got what looks like the compass uh, with a whole load of additional navigation details. So you've got the temperature, which is apparently in Kelvin. Um, I like the that. Yeah. You've got the gravity, uh, which in this case is 0. 0.6. Now, this is one thing that's, that I am uh, a bit concerned about is, is the gravity. Because um, obviously you're going to run around in 0. 0.6. It's going to be different from running around in, in 1G. I'm okay with the low gravity stuff. I'm just wondering whether or not they'll break the immersion if they go with gravity that's too high. But you Can still you imagine carrying a grenade in high gravity and it plunks <laughs> your feet? <laughs> yes, I the can. One, that would be hilarious. The wily coyote grenade. <laughs> um, I mean, the HUD continues because it's, it's got a, uh, a compass and then it's got some really accurate latitude and longitude. Uh, figures a lot more accurate than what we're used to, isn't it? No, they're the same. They're the same number of digits. I think. So. Yeah, I think so. I mean, m- maybe maybe one more. Actually, thinking about it, I'm pretty sure there are three three beyond the decimal point in ships, and it looks like there are four here. So yeah, maybe, maybe one uh, order of magnitude more specific. Um, the ones in ships are probably probably accurate to within about a hundred yards. So having a having an extra order of magnitude would make sense. I think. The interesting thing I have to think about is because you've got the, uh, with the ship, you have your HUD that can hone you in on a location you know, within, a, within a couple of kilometers, really, or even smaller. I wonder if you select a destination on here, you will get like a little sat-nav, a, better word, a little direction arrow to take you to it on here, or will you be forever looking up at the, uh, the coordinates and trying to work out how far away you are? Well, that's the thing. If you if you couple the if you couple the uh, the latitude and longitude in- indicators with a hot cold thing on your uh, on your shields, mm-hmm. um, although in the second screenshot the shields are absolutely absolutely linear, uh, uh, yeah, un- unblemished, so it might not be that. But if you couple the hot cold indicator with that, you could have a a quite effective way and quite satisfying way to to hone in on things. I, I, I've always thought that the pulse. Uh, the sorry, the wave scanner on the SRV is a really, really good bit of video game um, thing finding, um, and and I don't know. It, it annoys me why they didn't, um, or I don't really know why they didn't feel that they could add variants of the wave scanner to um, to the the full spectrum scanner, for example, um, because I, I I think I think the wave scanner is better, um, and 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 if they if they implemented something like the wave scanner. Uh, for first person stuff so that there was like a hot cold mechanism that you used as well as your as, as well as your bearing to find things i think that would be really satisfying and really fun other thing i'd notice is that 
they haven't displayed a symbol for being in a wing or group. It's all solo at the moment, although they're that is a good point. That is a really good point. Could there be any? Could any of these symbols mean wing? Could that little? Could that little blue one that I mentioned as the mic symbol? Could that possibly be one of the wing sim- symbols that we see at the top of the screen when you're in a ship? Well, usually you have the player name, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, here we've moved on to um, a uh, another picture, which shows, I think, someone who has just been shot because basically you now have an update of a. A hundred credit bounty gained for an assault on Neville. Poor Neville. It's always shooting a Neville. Poor Neville. <laughs> he was the best of us. <laughs> He's got an interesting gun, has old Neville. Look at him. He's got a, uh, it might be a shotgun, maybe. Yeah, and you've got a pistol in this one. Yeah, although you're not doing too badly by the looks of things. No. Something else that I'm really excited by the um, the weapons are all visible on your skeleton. Have you noticed that the, when when you've got your when you've got your guns holstered, you've got your two handed main weapon on your back, and you've got your sidearm actually visible on the avatar on the on the side. I love that in games. Yeah. I really, really like it. I mean, I'm wondering whether or not this has um, a, a limit. Obviously, it, it's not going to. They're not going to do the same as Doom, where you could carry as many guns around with you as possible. It'd be like Halo, you can choose one or maybe two guns. Yeah. In Star Citizen you can have a sidearm and a main and, and a main weapon. I think actually you can have two main weapons. I w- it wouldn't surprise you, me. You if, can have two you can have two mains. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if if the if Frontier go with a similar system. So what about other collectibles? What about grenades for example? Or an inventory space in, in general? I, I know we can't well, I'm talking about here. I mean, I, I know we haven't got any shots of inventory, but I, I think it's a good move to limit the amount of guns you can carry. But what about the rest of the stuff? Are, are we going to get pockets of holding for all the minerals we're going to be getting? Or I think I think they'll be pockets of holding materials. I, I, I definitely think there'll be there'll be a bag of holding for your materials, but I, I, I think there'll be some kind of item economy for grenades and med pen equivalents or something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, obviously, um, it's just, I must admit, I do like the look of that pistol. Um, really I, cool. I think I think this commander is in trouble. Although he's managed to get a shot off at, at Neville Lang, there does seem to be another uh, another soldier just around the corner. And normally, when you're outnumbered two to one, things don't go all that well. <laughs> it looks like um, if we if we work to the assumption that this that the, the the person behind the camera is assaulting the base, I think these might be NPCs that they're shooting. Because if 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 the player has gained a crime stat because they're assaulting the base, um, one the icons on the HUD are just little red blips. They're not they're not hollow, which indicates that the, if if the same if the same visual language is used for first person as it is for sorry for for on foot as it is for spaceships, then that would indicate that they're NPCs. Also, if it's a base assault, it, you know you don't get players staffing bases so it would also indicate that um that who you're shooting at is npcs which mean which is interesting because it means that the npcs that we're going to see in odyssey the 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 ones that are tasked with defending structures at least look very similar to the players i'm not sure about that gun design colin and things like that i it it reminds me when my kids are into nerf guns and it's (laughs) style uh you've never been at a fantastic on nerf gun fight then Oh, I did. I, I, I was uh, I'm not sure if you remember, but I, I, uh, I stole or borrowed my, my son's Nerf gun collection. One of which was the um, was the oh, belt the, Nerf the belt gun. Lit. That was yours, was it? 
It was, yeah. I I, I, I lent it to Kate, but uh, yeah, it was because it, it it is great. It kept people's heads down, but then it took about five minutes to reload, so it wasn't terribly good in combat. But uh, anyway, yes, the yeah. guns here remind me of Nerf Nerf guns. Well, I'm sorry, but going back to that Fantasticon thing, because I know that I saw a couple of commanders with that gun. I think Dan and Kate in particular, and as soon as they got hold of it, they were walking around as if they were blooming uh, the Terminator. It was. great, was it? Or a cyberpunk with an extension. <laughs> you know, yeah, that, that gun was mine. I bought it. Uh, I bought it along. Right, so I've, I've got you to blame. But moving back to um, <laughs> moving back to this. Um, so you're not impressed with? Oh, we've got what looks like. Um, does that look like a power outlet to you? And then yeah, the, uh, maybe a charging outlet. It looks like something R2-D2 would plug into, doesn't it? I yeah. was just thinking that, Shan. And then probably get electrocuted. Because that's in the middle of what looks like an airlock, basically. It looks, well, it looks oh. like an adjoining thing. Actually, there's, there's I'm two soldiers there. Here. Yeah, we'll be back. going back to the new one in a minute. Okay. I'm not sure about the area being an airlock. This is a strange design. It it looks like the uh, when in Stargate SG-1. They used to have like a ring gate that came down and scooped people up. Yeah, but yeah. I think I, it's... No, I think, think it's an access gate between access levels. I think. I think. Yeah, it's, there's, it there's definitely shields going on that look like the the air holding in things that we've got going through the through the tow track. Yeah, that's true. I think you're right, though. I think maybe that point is an access point, and what because what you've got is you look to have a shield, mm-hmm. the blue ring, because that's the same sort of look as the uh, space station docking. Shield, doesn't it? Yeah. So that so I and that's blue, and the port on the side is blue. So I wonder if that's like an access gate. So when you put your key card against it, it drops a shield, and you can then go through. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Unfortunately, for to me, I'm just looking at this section, and and to me, it kind of looks like the middle of a bendy bus. I I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Maybe maybe this gunfight is actually taking place on a bendy bus. Yeah, <laughs> the I, entire base is on wheels, and they're just turning a corner. I think I think Bendy Bus is confirmed, actually. <laughs> yeah, Commander Ventura has made the useful suggestion that it maybe it's just a door button. I mean, that does sound a lot better than our suggestion. Actually, yeah, that <laughs> makes yeah. Battle on the Bendy Bus. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds quite amusing. Looking at that overall, pic- the larger picture, though, doesn't that look like they're big doors that could basically slam shut? What, a blaster? Like, Open the blaster. Open yeah. the blaster. Doesn't that look like you got blasters on the side? At the, look at the front of the image. Actually, yeah, now that you've pointed it out, it does. That, yeah, that just it, looks it could be that it spins, and it, it, it's a door that forms by spinning, if that makes sense. Like random, yeah. you, random round it goes, where you end up, no one knows, that sort of thing. Yeah, like, sort of... You know, the, the, the round bit spins a quarter of a full rotation to close. Uh, anyway. It looks to me like these doors, basically, I would imagine they'd basically both swooshy shut, you know, if you, in Star Trek terms, but they just, instead of swooshing in a straight line, they're swooshing in a curve. Yeah. If you, if you think about I hate line, to say it, those, those doors don't look like swooshy doors to me. Those look like I'm going to cut you in half when I clang together. No, well, yeah, but it's still doors. <laughs> Or doors where you want to get hold of someone's head and hang them over and <laughs> tell us where the gold is or we'll shut the door. Um, 
I don't think it does turn around because it's actually one of the world's worst turntables if it is, because you've got about four steps before you get to the next bit. That's um, I, I'm thinking potentially it's it's that interlink between the modules, because if you yeah. think the bases could be modules, what this could be here is the bit that joins them together. And I know yeah, we had a joke about the bendy bus, but it could well be the bendy bus or the bendy building bit. Also, something another another observation. Um, if they if you are fighting NPCs there, it looks like the NPCs are all individually named, like they are in space. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. And I mean, I must I, I do like that. I think it's Is pretty it cool. As opposed to something like Skyrim, where you've got named people and then just guard one, guard two. I like the idea that every single NPC you you see will have their own name and presumably their own I, affiliation. I wonder if they used to be. A- Go, yes, go on, Colin, you say it. Same joke. <laughs> yeah. I, I used to be a commander like you, and then I took an arrow in the cobra. Accelerated plasma to the knee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be quite funny if they put that in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just as a random bark. When you walk past an NPC guard, they just say that. <laughs> yeah, like but they've got to say it in a kind of Swedish accent. <laughs> <laughs> and then I took accelerated plasma to the knee. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we finally moved to the outside here. And, um, yes, this is basically what looks like a, a fight in the courtyard. And I must admit, um, it's nice to have a look, uh, you know, outside of corridors. And you can see that there's an anaconda in the background. And, my God, that anaconda looks huge. Why isn't it squishing the people? It's not on the people. Because you're not piloting it. I mean, just, I mean, I'm just, even though it's, it's far off the background, the size of that ship really, <laughs> it's really it impressive. Large. It looks like it's like got a docking port open as well. That's the landing gear, I believe. I mean, this does raise some questions about how on earth they're going to balance this. <laughs> how? Well, I, I don't, because there's no way that a human running around on foot is going to be able to damage an anaconda. Well, the no, anaconda... Of course, of course so, not, but the anaconda won't be able to, won't be able to fulfill, fulfill some of the objectives. The way you balance it is that the anaconda is, is the big guns, and of course players or NPCs with personal weapons won't be able to damage it. But to fulfill the objective for the mission, you will have to disembark and go somewhere and do something on foot. Hold F next mm-hmm. to something. And our players going to worry about that when they just want to just, like, blow up everyone on foot or squish them or, or otherwise make their lives miserable by dropping things on them from ships. Well, they might do, but the galaxy's a big place. You know, for, for base assault missions at the moment, I can't complete them unless I get out and... Sorry, not base assault. Uh, for um... Well, let's say there's a CG. There's a CG to do stuff on foot, for example. Mm. And, and, and I get the point about you need to do the CG, you need to go inside and, I don't know, carry crates out or something, but... Mm. For griefers and people like that, this is going to be yeah. Turkish, it, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it griefers and people like that, Shan. The, the base does have anti-aircraft guns. If if you if you were a griefer and you wanted to take out players, if if there was a CG where you had to scamper about Astor's Hope Two on foot, moving boxes around, for example, mm-hmm. and you were a griefer and you wanted to shit on those people's day, then yes, you could. But that base has some pretty chunky anti-aircraft guns. I imagine that that I imagine that you would be you'd be blown out the sky pretty quickly. And depending on the security rating of the system, hopefully some of the some of the boys in blue would fly in and, and make your life difficult as well. Possibly, but 
you can, anything they've got on here, you can shut down. I mean, because do you remember skim emissions when they when they were a thing? Because uh, yeah. they all had, they all had the turrets and the stuff and the protection and stuff as well, but yeah. they didn't matter because you'd sit at two or three kilometers and out, unleash a whole load of dumbfire missiles, and the splash damage would just take out the power plant and just do the lot. Yeah, I don't know if if I was. If I was at Frontier and a player said to me, hey, I was trying to do this thing, and then a load of griefers came along and they shot at me from orbit, and then one of them disembarked and shut down the, the base's defense array so it couldn't shoot back at the ships, and then they and then they just wiped the floor with us, I'd probably just think, do you know what? That actually sounds like it's working as intended. That sounds like players making use of the complex systems we put in place. It does, but I guess it depends on what that action is interfering with. If it's a CG, then I can see that being quite a source of salt. But again... Mm. We're right. Well, I'm going, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to cut cut this one off with one final question. Um, Commander Ascorbius has uh, Ascorbius rather uh, has put in a question saying, "Any ideas if the populations will mix between Odysseys and Horizons? Will you be able to see Odyssey people on the ground with Horizons?" Personally, I think not. Okay, I'm what going do the other guys direction. Think? And I'll explain why. Oh, okay. Uh, I- I think we will. So let's say, sake of argument, you've got Horizons and I've got Odyssey. Mm-hmm. I think you and I will be able to see each other. You know, if you're flying in your ship and you land at the base, I'll be able to see you come in and land. I think as well you'll be able to see me walking around. Obviously, I think only if it was in an airless world, because I got a feeling yeah. that atmosphere yeah. worlds are going to be um, Horizon yeah, Odyssey, Odyssey only. Yeah, yeah, we're in the same same location. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we're at the same location and I'm walking around, I think you'll be able to see me. Same idea as if you're in my, in your SRV, you'll be able to see your me walking around. And the reason why I think that is, mm-hmm. before we had the Horizons amalgamation, when we were all flying around in space, mm-hmm. Horizons commanders could fly up and do anything they wanted to base game commanders. Just that the base game commanders couldn't make it down to the planet. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Think the only difference is you ain't going to be able to get out of your ship and walk around, or you ain't going to be able to land on semi, you know, semi atmosphere worlds. Yeah. Or so, but you think you will be able to land or run over commanders uh, as a Horizon player? <laughs> you, if if you'll be able to on an airless world where Horizons to. Mm-hmm. If I'm walking around in Odyssey, you have free right to run over me or squish me in your anaconda or whatever. You know, even as a, even well, there's no such thing as a base game, but even as a Horizons owner, you can squash me walking around. I don't see why not. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm making the assumption that we can walk around in our spacesuits on airless worlds. That yeah, I'm assuming that as well. Yeah, so. Yeah, it would be a bit uh, a bit rubbish if you could only walk around in atmospheric worlds. So yeah, but you might not find what you need to around the airless worlds, though. They'll have some kind of mechanic to make sure that you, you know, you get the best of walking around on these planets. I wouldn't be surprised, or at least you'll get there'll be unique materials to these planets that won't surprise me whatsoever. Mm, Yeah. Anyway, right. Well. Um, I agree with Scorb. It'll be absolutely crap if you can't. <laughs> yes, I think everybody will agree with that. So we're going to draw this to a close, uh, oh, and we will. I saying we can. Frontier have confirmed we can. Apparently, Gold. 
Oh, right. Well, well in that case, uh, hunky-dory, everybody. Right. Huzzah. So we're going to bring this to a close and move on to our community corner section. Um, first up is the Apollo 15 and anniversary edition expedition rather so um commander yannick is arranging the apollo 15 50th anniversary exp expedition from the 10th uh to the 30th of july in 3307 so we're giving you plenty of notice <laughs> um this expedition is the successor to the apollo 11 anniversary uh, where 670 commanders celebrated the Apollo 11 moon landings 50 years to the moment after the eagle touched down on the Sea of Tranquility. AX-11 remains the most successful player-based organized event in the history of Elite Dangerous after Distant Worlds and Distant A11X, we'll say AX-11. AX-11X, yeah, okay. Um, so if you're looking for an Apollo-themed expedition in July, add this one to your diaries. It starts at T Tarau, Tarawi, T Tori, right? Um, hind mind slash hind nebula, uh, and oh, for goodness' sake, how can how can you have this a a, a blooming system name beginning with a Q without the U? I know. <laughs> I, I I swear they put this in because I'm they know I won't Quijo. pronounce it. I'll I'll go with Quijo CZ N. Quijo, right there you go. Otherwise known as David and Goliath. Uh, you can sign up for this at EDSM. So um, pop over to that website if you want to. Um, now, there's also this other thing called the lensing effect, which is featured work from elite videographers. Um, ben, would you like to talk about this one? So there's, there's not a heck of a lot to say about it. Watch it. Um, <laughs> it's a lovely video that Commander Ego 131 did, and mm -hmm. it goes off and highlights a load of videos by... <laughs> Well, a load of footage taken by Exodus, sorry, Exorcist, God, I'm turning into mm -hmm. Colin now, uh, Orange Phoenix from SP, um, SPVFA, uh, Commander Rini, obviously from the Burpit, and Zero Axis. Um, loads and loads of lovely pictures, screenshots, put together very nicely. It's a, it's a nice, chill, chill video. Watch it. Mm -hmm. uh, right. No. Um, <laughs> in review of last week, I'm going to make sure that I get this one completely right. Um, Distant Screws 2, the expedition for Evelyn. Now, the Loose Screws community are heading out into the black ones again to reach Evelyn's light. Uh, we will discover what the young scientist has left for us to discover in the deep reaches of space. Now, the background to this is in the August of uh, 2018. Evelyn was a girl hiking up the mountain with her family uh, and then complained of a sore side when she got home. It turned out that she was diagnosed with a tumour the size of a grapefruit in her abdomen, and thus began Evelyn and her family's fight against cancer that would last one and a half years. Um, unfortunately, that, can, that uh, battle didn't go well, and as of February 26, 2020, she ascended to the stars. Now, hospital treatments to address the disease, radiation, chemo, stem cell, transplants, and surgery did not weigh her down, and she continued to read, play video games, and show interest in science, design, fashion, comedy, Wookiees, and the stars. Uh, while she slept beside her mother, her father spent long nights in elite with a gr new group of comrades, some of new knew of his pain and some of who were willing to share their own all of which played the game so uh, our thanks go out to the loose screws frontier and drew wager for showing the 
their support. Now, this expedition will depart on January the 8th, 3307 from Ross 310 and arrive in Evelyn's Light in the Kwama system on February the 26th, 3307. Um, if you want to sign up for this, this expedition is available on EDSM. And uh, yes, uh, anybody who, who would like to show support for Evelyn's, uh, Evelyn and her father, uh, feel free for joining up with that one. So I'm going to move on to any other business. Now, does anybody have any other business? No. Uh, we talk about, about Christmas and stuff, what the current plans are. Right. Well, the current plans about Christmas at the moment is, well, technically this is Ben's last show of the year because of real life TM. And depending on what's going to happen on Thursday is that we will be looking at doing a show for uh, the following Tuesday, depending on how much is revealed, where we'll be going in depth on it. Um, if it turns out that it just turns out to be a fun stream that doesn't have any any juicy details, then of course um, we will be leaving that one alone. But I got a sneaking suspicion there might be something interesting in there. So that's our plan. Um, the next live radio after that, we're planning to be on the fifth of January. So we're going to be taking time off for, for Christmas and New Year. So, uh, yay us. <laughs> now, um, Ben, did you want to mention something about Cyberpunk? Um, right, I'm going to quickly mention the Dark Wheel, and tomorrow they're going to land one job LFT509. All right. So that's a good thing for them, I guess. Um, getting there, we're getting, they're getting there. They're getting uh, there. Getting to LFT five zero nine is going to be damn interesting. Um, and I actually think Shan's possibly the best person to talk Cyberpunk because uh, he's obviously been playing this. But the, I read a very interesting article before Cyberpunk was available to everybody. Was that there were certain scenes in it which are almost triggered to trigger epilepsy. So. Mm-hmm. Last week, it would have been relevant for me to say, anyone with epilepsy, be careful out there. This week, I hopefully you, you either know or you've been careful and you've managed to avoid it. Or the bugs have made sure that it doesn't happen. Or, possi- or possibly that, or the frame rate, or you know, if you're playing on a console, the potato quality. Yes. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll be shifting oh. over to that. Yeah, go on. And you're being asked to say TDW, apparently, Colin. TDW? TDW. Why? Was that the know, dark? Oh, it's the dark wheel, isn't it? <laughs> Have another drink. Go on, car. You're, you're going your way through that that bottle of beer. Anyway, um, in other news, um, <laughs> for those of you who, who do like a bit of Star Wars action, you will know that the B Wing and the Tie Defender came to Star Wars Squadrons uh, last weekend. Um, me, Ben, and a friend of ours uh, gave this a test on Monday. And what was your reaction, Ben? Was it. I really loved flying the B Wing. I mean, the B Wings, the Snow Speeder is my favourite ship in the game. Well, it's my favourite ship in Star Wars. And the B-Wing is my second favourite ship in Star Wars. I the love speed is an airspeed and not a spaceship. I don't care. I love it. Piss off. <laughs> still, the, still the best shipping game. Um, and I loved just flying that thing, spinning myself around, but not actually spinning myself around. <laughs> um, 
The only downside was there were some times when I'm like, I'd literally put myself into a horizontal position to then skim across the right near the hull of the of of the the star destroyer. Yeah, uh, yeah, the star destroyer, and then I go off and veer off and accidentally go off. And, you know, if I was in a real ship, I'd probably you know, turn around and basically smack the tip of my ship into the star destroyer because I've got it rotated that way, not the other way. Uh, but apart from, we don't worry about that. Um, no, it was no. it was a lot of fun flying it. So I, I and I love how in Star Wars Squadrons there's a massive, I there's a massive beam weapon, mm-hmm. and I love how they've done it so that when you fire that great big chuffing beam at things, it collates three smaller beams from the tips of your wings into the middle, and then it zaps that middle thing into your target. Just like yeah. the B-wing did in, I want to say Star Wars Rebels. Rebels. It was Rebels. B-wing did that in, in Rebels, and I was like, "Oh, it's so good." Okay, and I, I love that. Go, I've I've gone and let unleashed Ben. We're out of time, so I am going to have to quickly do the shout outs. Um, so. Uh, our first shout out is of course to our sister station Hutton Orbital Radio that broadcasts on a Thursday at half past eight you can tune in at twitch.tv Hutton Orbital Truckers or if you just want the audio go to radio.forlamug.com for the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action check out the CQC discord at the discord.me slash elite dangerous CQC uh, for those of you who want a literary discussion about sci-fi, fantasies, and books, please subscribe to the Data Slate podcast or um, created by Stitching Commander Alan Stroud. It's also available at the Lave Radio website if you if you want to have a listen. Um, we also have a Galactic Digest news following this as provided by the most excellent Commander Witherspoon, probably with Commander Jude, Beetle Jude, making a guest in appearance as well and um, so i'd just like to thank everybody who's chipped in on the various chats and ben have we had any in-game commanders buzz you yeah i've been flying about with miggles and i also saw a uh, goose 4291 earlier as well oh well uh 07 to you commanders well but that is it for another episode of Live radio if you'd like to Hold get on to the show oh quickly Ed, just so no, quickly. One's, no one's blowing you up no Failed anyway. Sorry, Colin. yeah, but but Shan, you haven't offered any incentive. Shan, you know hey. where I've been all night long. I've been on the radio show and I hadn't, yeah, I can't. Attack where have you. I been? I've been on the radio show, right? Gentlemen, gentlemen, take this, take this outside the show. <laughs> I'm going to finish this off now. Right, that's it for another episode of Lay Radio. Seriously, that's it. I don't want any more interruptions. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email at info at laveradio.com. Hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio. Tweet us at laveradio. You can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat, and you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half past eight and streamed out at laveradio.com laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Shan, thanks to Ben, thanks to Souverine, and of course, special thanks to today's tech specialist, Commander Ventura. But until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
Scientists, Uranus is full of methane gas. I think you're right, though, Colin. What have you done with Shan, and when can we have him back? News Digest, 15th of December, 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news roundup, probing planets is a piece of child's play. Getting paid for just turning up. The clashing rocks. Rackham's restaurant and a home for moralists. The suitors of Penelope. Probing planets is a piece of child's play. After initial concern that the super-engineered detailed surface scanners hadn't turned up on time, commanders who earned one of these scanners are said to be delighted at their efficacy and ease of use. Not knowing their pie from their R-squared, there was an initial confusion about what twice the normal probe coverage actually meant, but it turns out that it meant twice the basic radius, which gives a 50% increase to the scan radius, which, if you multiply the radius by itself, and by pi means that each probe from a fully engineered detailed surface scanner covers two and a quarter times the surface area compared to an unengineered DSS. But using the special Sirius Atmospherics DSS, you get 100% increase to the basic scan radius, which means each probe covers exactly four times the surface area of the basic common or garden probe, or one and three quarters more area than a fully engineered one which is an awful lot more surface area. In practical terms, this means that with a fully engineered DSS, you can fully scan a planet that has a target of six probes using just four probes. But with the Sirius Atmospherics DSS, you can scan that six probe planet using two. So these lucky explorers will have plenty of probes left over for when they get home. Getting paid for just turning up. Commanders who didn't turn up for duty on Sunday will be disappointed to learn that they missed out on a free Christmas allocation of arcs. 
The 100 arcs, which is roughly the equivalent of four old earth pennies, just required a bottom on a pilot's chair. And if the same bottom can continue to at least briefly occupy the same or a similar chair each day up to and including the 25th of December, with an increasing number of arcs allocated for subsequent days, there's a strong likelihood that there will be around 5,000 arcs in all up for grabs. And that's just for turning up. In addition, there's another of the infamous Twitch Drops Holovid streams on Thursday the 17th of December, during which you have to solve a puzzle, a bit like defusing a bomb, to link various accounts together. And then you just need to settle back and watch the antics of the Pilots' Federation communication team, and occasionally click a button to claim a prize, which is expected to be paint-related. Isn't it exciting? The Clashing Rocks The Regularus Clockwork Clashing Moons of Sinuefewh-FCO have done it again. Every eight days and one hour, there's a very quiet smashing together of moons A1 and A2. As one of them catches up with the other, passes through it, and they proceed on their way. As they are landable planets, some immensely close-up views of two huge slabs of rock sliding quietly through each other in the way that huge slabs of rock normally don't are possible, if one is willing to accept the not inconsiderable risk that one might lose one's sense of perspective and orientation and the equally great risk of ending up flying around inside one or two moons, which can inflict some superficial damage to the paintwork. The 21st and 29th of December are the next days on which commanders can see this incredible sight, just before their ship explodes in a novel and exciting way. Rackham's Restaurant and a Home for Marlinists In other news this week, Zachary Rackham plans to open a new restaurant and bar in an outpost in the almost impossibly distant and hard-to-get-to HIP 58832 system. Anyone who wants to be there for the grand opening ceremony is advised to hop on board a fleet carrier, which may be the only practical way to reach this extremely distant star. And the Sirius Corporation has stepped in to help the Federation and Empire settle their differences over the Marlinist refugee crisis by building ten new settlements for the Republican dissidents who fled Imperial space in the face of persecution and whose presence is now causing civil unrest in the Federation. Marlinists are not thought to be the same as the neo-Marlinist terror group, which has so far assassinated Prince Harold Duval, Baron Cesare Levigny, and a number of lesser figures within Imperial society, and has bombed four Imperial and one Federal starport. Marlinist leaders have condemned these acts of violence and are said to be delighted at the prospect of setting up home in independent space. The Suitors of Penelope IDK, how anyone can be excited about what was essentially 60 seconds of half-recycled B-roll and maybe 15 seconds of overly busy, incoherent Call of Duty shooting footage. Only 15 seconds of that was actual gameplay. The rest was just dramatic angles. Definitely not gameplay. We both know what gameplay means, don't we? And you're purposefully moving the goalpost. Okay. 
that was a really poor showing. Every single scene has pretty much been shown before. Our frontier in trouble? The gameplay was not inspiring in the slightest. Why would you do this at all in Elite? So, my growing impression is that the entire headline of Odyssey will be a complete flop. However, the side features of the new planets and being able to walk up to a mission terminal to access current space content will be a hit. Just like Passengers, second biggest letdown in Elite history. But as a bonus, we got the Beluga. Pause slash sigh. After so long with nothing, the growing impression is Odyssey better be good, but is showing to be a standard frontier haphazard let's see what sticks and release. P.S. Okay, I'm a bit uncultured, but lucky my partner was around. She goes, oh, you playing David Bowie? I went, I thought it was the Beatles. Either way, both are nothing to do with what I personally consider the soundtrack to space. Quick, we have all the Mona's cornered in one place. Get this thread into the airlock and eject it as soon as possible. And that's this week's Galnet News. And now, it's time to leave the capsule, if you dare. This is Planet Earth to Major Tom. You've really made the grade. And the papers want to know whose shirts you wear. Now it's time to leave the capsule if you dare. Thanks.